This week, man, the enemy came at me and came at me strong. The last two weeks, he's kind of just been bothering me. And one of the things I know about the enemy is that the enemy, he can't destroy me, but he can distract me. He can distract me. This past week, I was um, on Friday night. We had a football game at West Orange High School. I got to stand uh, next to Mr. Gross, brand new, brand new family uh, to our church, and just kind of sit next to him. And I was so encouraged. I'm like, this guy, he's a football coach. He doesn't. That's not his profession, but you can just tell he's a football coach. He was just preaching to me. And um, how many of you know as preachers, you need to have other preachers in your life. And some of the best preachers I know are football coaches. He was just giving it to me straight. <laughs> He's like, yeah, the main thing's the main thing. Get up there. Quit, yeah, quit being a baby. Dry those tears on your face. Get up there. And get up. He's like, attaboy. And he said, I'm like, don't hit me like that. You know, He's like, get out there. Let's get out there and do it. And you got to have people in your life that are, that are kind of encouraging you. But we don't have to fight the battles. I, I was telling them. I went out to dinner last night with a... Um, with, um, with, with another family at our church, and I was telling them, I'm, I'm so discouraged. I, I, get, I get so discouraged. Enemies try to discourage me, but I know that he can't defeat me. I know they can't defeat me. I fight my battles differently. I said, I'm, my problem's not with the people. I'm not mad at the person for treating me the way they're treating me. I just, I just get, I get mad at the enemy. Like, I want to fight, I want to fight the, the enemy. Josh and Kelly, the name came to me. I just, I want to fight the enemy. I'm like, where's the enemy at? It's not people. People are our enemy. The enemy the enemy is, is our enemy. And um, the enemy, is, the Bible says that Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he wants to tear us apart limb from limb. But we have a God who allows us to fight our battles, battles differently. I'm glad you guys are here today. Uh, just, uh, the, the Justin and Kelsey just had a little baby. And uh, they have their family all the way from California. And um, I think they're staying for a long time. And um, they're going to be, become members of our church today. We're just believing that. They're going to move here. And God's going to do an incredible work in their life. <laughs> and it's going to be awesome. Yesterday, um, a team of our people went over to Edgewood Children's Ranch. And uh, we pulled weeds out of, out, of, out of beds, and we raked leaves, and we served up over 100 hamburgers and, and chips and drinks and just had a great time with these, uh, with these young kids. There's over 50 kids there that just their moms and dads can't raise them. And uh, we kind of step in, and we believe that God's called us to take care of the widows and the orphans. And, and so we kind of step in, just love on those kids and hang out with them. Had a great time doing that yesterday. And uh, last year, or last week, we made a decision that we were going to give our whole entire Sunday morning offering in the house to give it away to Bahamas. And so, so far, you guys have already given $5,000 to the Bahamas. Put your hands together for yourself. That's awesome. That's awesome. I was talking to a couple the other day, and he said, how in the world can we afford our church to give away our offering? Like, how are we going to survive next week if we... We give away our offering. We believe we, we run our church's finances like we run our individual finances, and we run our church's finances according to this Bible. And the Bible says you shouldn't live week to week to week to week to week. You should save, and you should, you should live, give, and you should save. And so we live, and we give, and we save. And uh, whenever you have, um, whenever you have um, a, a cushion, which you should all have cushion, you should have something in, in, in the backup tank, and um, we, we, live well, we live well below our means, you're able to do things like that. So thank you. We're partnered with an organization called Convoy of Hope. I love Convoy of Hope. They have already, since the, since, since the hurricane hit Bahamas, they've already sent 30 planes, and they've already served 100,000 meals there in the Bahamas, and it happens because churches like ours is helping that. So thank you for partnering with us. Thanks for trusting us with your finances, trusting the Lord with your finances, because everything we have, it belongs to God, and that's us. This is us. One of the things about our value, one of our values is that we we are generous. Last week we talked about generosity, so we want to give away. We don't want to keep all that we have. If you live life when you keep everything, God can never give you more if you keep everything. So we want to give, and we want to give, and we want to give. And so we're thankful for the opportunity that you guys would allow us to give to Convoy of Hope to do some incredible things. We are able to do things like we did yesterday, serving those young people who don't have um, moms and dads in their lives. Love on them and encourage them. It happens through the generosity of this house. 
And so thank you. We've been in a series called This Is Us. We operate on a mission statement, um, and, and it says this. We exist to love all people at all times and all places. We believe this. Jesus said this. Um, people will know if you're my disciples by the way that you love people. So we say, hey, that's us. This is, if you want to know who, if you want to know about Hope Church, if you're brand new or if you've been coming for a while, this is us. We exist to love all people at all times and all places. Not everybody who looks like us, talks like us, acts like, acts like us. We love all people. The other day, my wife and I were going to dinner, and um, there was a guy, a, a, homeless, a homeless guy walked up to the car, and, and I rolled one down, and I had some Dunkin' Donuts gift cards and Starbucks gift cards because apparently you guys think I like coffee. <laughs> <laughs> guys are judging me. <laughs> I don't like it. I love it. And uh, I said, uh, I gave out the Dunkin' Donuts gift card. And she's like, how much? Donnie goes, how much is that? I said, I don't even know how much it was. It's been sitting there for a while. <laughs> I want to give it to that guy. And it would be easy for me to love the people that I was going to meet for dinner downtown. But we're called to love the people who don't look like us. And that don't act like us and don't talk like us. And when he got there, the inebriation, I got secondhand drunk just from what came off often. That's a thing, Joel. I didn't know if it was a thing, but it was a thing. and It was so strong. But it's not our job to look at people and say, well, here's what they're going to do with it. It's not our job to determine what people are going to do with it. It's our job to, to give it away. It's our job to give it away, and God will, God will do what only he can do. We live off a, a mission statement. We live on, on a vision statement. It's on T-shirts. When you walked in today, you saw a sign, signs up front. We live on, on, a, on a vision statement. Every company that, that, that you go to or you buy from, they have a mission statement and a vision statement. We believe ours is really, really important. We want people to know who God is. Jesus came so that we could have an abundant life, and the way that we have abundant life is through his son, Jesus. We want that. Nelson and Jenny are going to Israel on Tuesday. I'm not jealous at all, and um, I'm past the stage of jealous. I'm, it's in the bitterness. And so just his son, just we skip, <laughs> skip that, just right into bitterness. And, and uh, we, we're called to, and you're going to go walk where Jesus walked and walk where he talked. We want people to know who God is. That's why we exist. We want people to know who God is. Once they know who God is, we want them to find freedom. I know a lot of people who know God, but they don't have any freedom. We want you to have freedom. When you're freedom, when you have freedom, you're free to be to be generous. You can be generous when you have freedom in your life. We want you to be, we want you to live lives that are free. We don't want you to have the sh- the, the shackles and the and the chains that so easily tear you apart. The Paul says that you actually have to run from those things, the things that could easily trip you up and take you down. We wanna we wanna run from things. We want people to find. We want people to find, find freedom. I told you guys a few weeks ago, we try to do things, we try to be a spirit-led church and try to go and do what God wants us to go out and do. And um, uh, I'm excited. I was talking to a friend of mine, Carvel. He teaches inmates at, at, the, at the correctional facilities. And I said, hey, he was telling me, he's like, hey, he was here setting up on Saturday night. He goes, hey, they're going to have a, a graduation soon. And I said, bro, if they're going to graduate, they got to have a present. Like anything to give away a present, Jessica, you know what I'm saying? Like... I want to get a presidents, presents. I want to give them presents. And, um, and I said, we're going to graduate. I said, so how can we be a part of that? The, the, the Channel 6 News, I believe, just did a cover on it. And, and he was sharing me the video. I'll show you that um, down the road. And Carvel is now famous. He give, he's given autographs after the, after the second service. Uh, if you can't find him, he'll be in the kids' area serving the, the kids. And, um, but we're going to, um, one of the things that we're going to do as a church is we're going to give gift cards to these, these people that are going to graduate from this program and a lot of these kids, a high percentage of these people that when they graduate this program, they get jobs right out of, right out of, the, out of, the, um, out of this program. And we want to give them some gift cards to Home Depot and, and, to, and to, to some Lowe's so they can buy, go out and buy their own tools so they can make a living. It just, seemed, it just made sense to me. I'm like, so we've been praying about how we get involved with the, with the correctional facilities. And so he did that. And my friend Whitney, she sent me, hey, we have a friend of mine. She's starting a thing for ladies that are in, in, in prison. And so we want to help. But the reason why those people get into the situation that they're in is because they never have freedom. A lot of people sitting in jail, they know who God is, but they don't have any freedom. 
I got a friend of mine. I met him um, maybe six or seven years ago. Um, a bunch of people in the back. Greg Kreitz called me the other day, a friend of ours. And this guy got out of prison. While he was in prison, he memorized so much of the book of Psalms. I mean, he could just, this guy, he got a theology degree while he was in prison. He just learned so much, but he got in prison because he sold drugs. He never had freedom. He knew who God was. He found out God's buddy. Then he had, he, he, he was still shackled. He needed, he needed freedom. So he came out. He started going to church across town where he, we were at and, and began to preach preach to us. He'll preach to anybody. Like, he, if, you have a, if, you have a, if you have breath in your lungs, he will preach to you. And I'm like, Greg, I'm already saved. He's like, but you need to know again. You know, John 3, 16. You know, he's like, he's the kind of guy, he's going to preach because he's going to preach. Every time you talk, like, I'm going to give the gospel. I'm like, all of us are saved. Like, you, we're, we're saved. Like, baptized, you know, like, we're, we, we need some help, but like, we're, we're saved. He's like, he would try to preach to us. But one of the things that he never had is that he knew God, but he didn't have any freedom. We want to make sure that people have freedom. And then this week, I want to talk to you about a third thing. It's this idea of discovering your purpose. We want you to discover your purpose because if you never discover your purpose, a couple of things will happen. You either have to live out the purpose that somebody else gives you or you'll live your whole entire life. I know people um, that they're 30, 40, 50 years old, they still don't know what their purpose in life is. What a tragedy to be to go your whole entire life. We were at the football team, hanging out with the football players. This week I was talking to Mr. Gross and he said, the point of football is not football. The point of football is to teach people how to live lives. Um, the, the Stroops are here, their, their young daughter, she's so cool. She said to me, hey, I saw her at the football team. She's a junior. She goes, hey, I didn't know she meant this, but this is what I got later. They just told me. She's like, hey, I'm trying out for the football team next year. You all aren't laughing. That's just only funny to me. Like, I, I love students. She's like, she goes, I'm going to try to be a kicker. When I, I saw the kicker, so I know why she's trying out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just made sense. She's like, maybe that's my purpose. The point of football is not football. I was telling uh, um, the McMillans last night. They said, would you play college sports? I said, played a small uh, basketball. The point of life was not basketball. The point of football is not the point of, about football. There's so much you can teach a lot of life. I love to coach because those who can't do coach, you know. So I like to coach because I can't do a lot, but I want to help coach because I want to help people discover out their purpose. You're on a football field with someone for a long time, three hours a day, for six months out of the year, you can help them discover their purpose. The point of your job is not your job. The point is you live like your purpose. So um, you, you've heard this before. Uh, the Dash by Linda Ellis says this. I read, I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred, he referred to the dates on her tombstone from the beginning to the very end. He noted that first came the date of her birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represented all the time that she spent alive on earth and now only those who loved her know what, the little, know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own the cars, the house, the cash, what matters is how we live in love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change for you never know how much time is left that still can be arranged? If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remember that this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash? My question for you today is how are you going to spend your dash? Are you going to get to the end of your life and when it's the end, it's too late? I always tell people it ain't over until you're, until you're dead. And as long as you're alive, God has a plan for your life. But if you're alive here today and you're all in here today, whether you're barely breathing or, or fully, fully breathing, um, you, you have a dash. 
how are you going to spend it? How will you spend the rest of your life? The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 14, your life is but a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. It goes that fast. I ran to a young lady at the bagel shop the other day across town, and she said, how old is your daughter? And she said, I said, man, she's 11 now, at 12 now. She goes, man, that is crazy. I met her. She, we, we had just had her. We met this little girl. 12 years. It goes, it goes fast. The Bible talks about your dash. I wrote a message today called, I was made for this. I was made for this. If you have a Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, the Bible talks about your dash. It talks about your, it talks about your purpose. And we said us from day one that we believe this is us ought to come from here. Our mission and our vision, knowing God and finding freedom to discover us, it ought to come from this book. This is, this is all we got. This is everything. You're like, hey, what, you know what? It's not everything. No, this is everything. This is all we got. Where we're going, where we're headed, what we're doing, this is all we got. Our, we turned four in just a couple weeks, our church, and this is all we got. This is us. Whatever the vision that God gives me to share with you guys in a couple of weeks for the next year, which on our birthday we normally do that, this is us. This is who we, this is who we are. It has, to come from, it has to come from this book. Knowing God comes from this book. Discovering or finding freedom to comes from this book. And freedom, the Bible says that you, you confess your sins to, to God and he, can, and he can heal you. But he says you also got to talk to your brothers and your sisters. Your brothers and your sisters. Like you got to talk to some other people. I know for me, I, I heal up pretty good when I'm around the right kind of people. When I'm the right kind of people, I'm, I'm encouraged. I left dinner last night super, 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 super encouraged. On Tuesday night, I'm in a men's Bible study with eight dudes. I left encouraged. I left encouraged. I always leave, I leave encouraged. And I don't know if I left encouraged because of the Bible study or what happened after the Bible study. After the Bible study, me and a couple of the guys, we went and got wings in Winter Garden. And anytime there's wings, there's Jesus around. You know what I'm saying? The Bible says we're supposed to mount up with wings like eagles. Like, I just know that God is a, God's about that wing life. Man, those wings, are, those wings are so good. I left encouraged. The next morning, I woke up a little bit earlier than I like to, but I was at 7 a.m. I was at a, at, a, at a Bible study with a bunch of dudes. I left so encouraged. The guy left, the guy sitting next to me, he left, and he said, man, I really needed that. I needed that more than I thought I did. He said, man, I'm so encouraged. I said, well, man, what are, you, what are you reading? The Bible can encourage you too, but people can encourage you. He's like, oh, I'm reading this, this Bible reading program. You've got to get in this Bible reading program. And he gave me this Bible reading program. And I sent to, I sent to a couple other guys, and now I'm in, the, in, this, in, this, in this Bible reading program with a couple of guys. I left encouraged. This is who we are. We ought to leave. We, ought to, we can discover our purpose from this book. This book can encourage you to live the life that God's called you to do. This, this Bible can help you live, your, live out your dash. I want you to live your dash well. That's what I want for you. I want people to live their, I want people to live their life. I want you to walk around with your head up and, you, and live in a life where you feel like you're proud of it, your family's proud of you, and most importantly, the Lord is proud of you. I want you to live your life, live your dash. First Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse, verse 12, the Bible says this, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. That's, that makes sense. That makes sense to you, right? We're, we're one body, but we got a lot of body, body parts. So is the same thing for the body of Christ, which is you and I, Hope Church, we're made up of different parts. The Bible says some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles. The Apostle Paul's writing to this church here at Corinthians, and he said some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, and, and some of us are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So here's the deal. We all can agree on this. We, we, I was telling Mr. Grossis, and I, I tell some people all the time who may not line up with us 100% theologically, we all can agree with this, that we have one God, and we have one Holy Spirit, and one Savior, and one Jesus. We all can agree on that. And, hey, that is the main thing. That along with the scripture, like, like Brad said to us, the whole, the, all of scripture, all of, do, all the Bible is for, uh, the whole, all of doctrine, all, Genesis to Revelation, the whole entire, entire book, we need the whole entire thing, and we need Jesus. That is, see, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a recurring statement about our church. We're all about the Bible, 
and we're all about Jesus. The Bible says that we all can agree that we're all, we're all different backgrounds in here today. But we all have the same spirit. We all have the same, same God. And that's where we, that's our major. We major on having the same God, the same, same spirit. The Bible says, and as we continue to read, um, we're all different. Verse 14, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. Whether, you, whether or not the hand wants to be part of the body or not, it doesn't matter because it's one body. And whether or not that you, you know, that you don't like the part that you play in this game we call life, you're still a part of the body. And all of your dysfunctions and all of my dysfunctions, we're still part of the body. None of us say, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be my part. You have to play your part. The Bible says that you, you have a part. You have a part to play. Our bodies have many parts. As God put each part just as he wants it, God puts you in the way that he wants it. Verse 20, I know I skipped a verse, but let me go to verse 20. The Bible says, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. I love washing my little kids because they always be asking this question, are you going to use the soap that blinds me? I'm like, oh, it depends how bad you were today. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you're not, no baby shampoo for you today. You're getting the real stuff. Just rubbing it in their eyes. You know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Verse uh, 20, some of you guys are like, right now, dear Lord, be with Wes's kids. And thank God that they have a mom like Diana. <laughs> thank God for the moms in the house. Verse, um, verse 22. You, you can, in fact, some of, some of the parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important, they're actually the most necessary. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but, you know, you, you might think, you know, ah, my, my pinky toe is not that important. Well, we can, we can do a survey right now. You go to the edge of your bed, and you stub your pinky toe on purpose and see what comes out of your mouth next. You know what I'm saying? You'll find out whether or not it's important to you. Oh, my goodness, that hurts so bad. Or, ouch, and, and you're, and you're walking, walking, around, walking around or hobbling around, or you hurt your, your ankle. Or maybe, you know, yesterday I was playing basketball, I jammed my, my pinky finger. You don't think it's that important, but it's really, it's, really more important than you, it's really more important than you think that it is. And he goes, on, he goes on to say in verse 23, the Apostle Paul is such a ninja with words, but he says, and, and, the, and the parts that we regard as, as we're less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together in such, with such, ex- so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given so those parts that have less, so those parts that have less dignity, he's like, man, we are, they, they all matter. There's some parts of you that may seem left, they're not that honorable, but they're more honorable than you think that they are. Well, they're not that important. And you know in here today, we're talking about your purpose, we're talking about your purpose and discovering your purpose. We're not talking about, really about your body, we're really talking about the part you play in the kingdom of God. You know, we're not trying to build the kingdom of Hope Church, because that really is not worth building. We're trying to build the kingdom of God, I was telling my friends last night, and, and she's, she's a very successful uh, business person, and she's great in sales, and, and she was, and I was telling her, you know, I said, you know, sometimes I get so, I get so, um, business leaders in your day, you get so busy working in it that you forget to work on it. You get so busy working in it, and I'm doing it, I'm helping people, I'm, no God, and fine for you, discover purpose, and you make a difference, and you're doing all those things, but you forget to, you forget to work on it. You forget to spend the time, I'll I don't like to work on Hope Church that much, because when I have to work on it, usually it involves being by myself. I don't like to be by myself that much. I like to be with people. 
I'd rather be with people than to work, than to work on it, than to work on it. And this Bible is pretty clear that every single part is important. The part you play in the kingdom of God and Hope Church as it goes down, serves the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, verse 33, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. The most important thing you can do is seek first the kingdom of God and then your life begins to function out the way it's supposed to happen in your home and in your church and at your job. But the Bible says that God's put together this body in such a special way and so, so unique that every single part matters. Verse 25, this makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. You know, I have gifts and abilities that Diane doesn't have and she has gifts and abilities that I don't have. And, and I have gifts and abilities that Jeff doesn't have and he has gifts and abilities that I don't have. And we all make up this thing called the church. We all have different parts to play. Here's the thing. If you don't play the part that you're supposed to play, the church walks around without an arm. The church walks around without a pinky toe. The church walks around without, without eyes. I was talking to um, a, a lady yesterday at the event, and she's like, you got any old people at your church? I said, yeah, we got a few. I said, but we need more. And she's like, excuse me? I said, we need more. <laughs> we need more. Are you old? You know? <laughs> we need more because... That makes our church better because they have a part to play in the kingdom of God. We got a bunch of young people running around, and we need some more wisdom. We need some more knowledge applied to the speed that we have. I was talking to my friend about football. You know, our church, it runs fast. We wake up, and we, we're moving already. My wife said to me, are we ever going to slow down? I'm like, I kind of want to, kind of-ish. <laughs> and uh, Kelly and Justin are like, uh, uh, Kelly and Josh are like, dude, you guys go like so fast. I'm like, I know. I think we can go faster. You know, it's like every football team. Like, can you go a little bit faster? Can you run the play a little bit better? I'm thinking about how you can run a little bit faster, a little bit better. And, and I was telling them, I said, there are people that are dying and going to hell. So this is, it's important to us. There's people that are they're on their way to hell. If you play your part, we can stop that. If you live your dash well, we can stop people. So Kelly was saying, I was saying, you know, she's, I was like, well, do you ever hit the pinnacle? And for us, we're never going to hit the pinnacle because there's people always dying and going to hell. Every single day. Every single, right now, did you know this? It's so sad. 3,000 people take their lives every single day. We're approaching a million people taking their lives every single day in our world. I don't know where they're going. I have no idea because I don't know them. But I know this. I'm going to do everything I can to stop them from going to hell. Well, Wes, we don't talk about hell that much. There it is again. People are dying to go to hell. We want to stop that from happening. If you play your part, we can stop it. If you bring your abilities, your time, your talent, your treasure, your testimony, you bring your resources to the table, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do that. People are dying from dirty water and, and, dirty and, and not having food. If we bring our resources together and we do some things around the world, then we can stop them from dying sooner. And that will buy them some more time to someone to introduce the gospel to them. That's what we're trying to do. We're just buying time to introduce people to the gospel. That's all we're doing. Well, say, giving people food, that's not going to change the world. Yeah, it'll, if you're, if you're, you've never been hungry before. We, get so, we, we forget sometimes because we have all of our basic needs met, we forget what it's like to not have our basic needs met. Like you try to, hear, you try to understand the gospel when you're starving. You try to understand the gospel when you're, when you're, when you're walking around with 10 cents of shoe glue huffing in Nairobi, Kenya. You try to hear the gospel. It doesn't work. Like I visited those places. It just doesn't happen. You try, you try, you know, in the Manila, Philippines, it's a very feministic, feministic-driven society. The presence of female, everything, everything's very, very, it's hard to understand the gospel when people are telling you to live out this different kind of life and live this different kind of way. And it's, and it's contrary to this Bible. It's hard, to, it's hard to hear the gospel. When people are giving you their agenda instead of being who God's called you, the Bible says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Before you were born, God had a plan for your life. 
before your parents thought about you, whether they thought about you on purpose or on accident, God had a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. He wants you to live out your dashboard. He wants you to discover your purpose. So we go on a little bit further. The Bible says um, in verse 27, all of you together are Christ's bodies, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts that God has pointed for the church. First, there are apostles. And I'm going to give you homework today. I know I, I, I've learned this about you guys, about us. You don't want to, uh, my friend Ashley texts me sometimes, like, hey, what about this? What about this? What about this? I'm like, find it out for yourself. You know, that's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I want you to do homework tonight. I'm kidding. I want you to go out and do the homework. And I want to tell you, I don't want to tell you how to, I want to tell you what you should think and, and kind of how you should think. But I want you to go out and prove, go, you go dig in this book and you find it out for yourself. You'll believe it more if you, if you, have an, if you can back it up, you'll believe it more. You'll, you just, if you go home and study this Bible today, you'll, you'll, you'll believe it more. A friend of mine said, I need a Bible. I got a Bible in the mail the other day from Amazon. Dad's like, you need another Bible? I'm like, no, I'm giving that away. It's, a life, it's, it's this Bible. It's a life study application Bible. I tell the men in my men's group, like, if you don't have a life application Bible, then you ought to go and buy one. You can buy one on Amazon. I don't get, I don't get any kind of kickback from this, but you can buy one on Amazon for $28.99 at Amazon. And if you don't have $28.99, I got $28.99 for you. This church, will, I tell the one thing that this church is never going to not buy, we're never not going to buy Bibles for people who need Bibles. So this guy said, I, need a life, I said, you need a life application Bible. This guy begged to come to Bible study that morning. And I, he had to wake up early. I said, dude, do you have one of these Bibles? You need one. Because like, there's stuff that you, can, that you can know. So go home and, and look at these things. Like, hey, some of you guys, the Bible says that he, in this church there, he, he's talking to this church there. And there's application for you and I today because all the Bible is, there's application in all of it. And some of it's written directly to this church. Some of it we can apply to it. But he says, I've given some of you guys, you're supposed to be apostles. And some of you guys are teachers. And some of you guys are prophets. And those of you guys, some of you guys do miracles, he says. And those, some of you guys, you have the gift of healing. And those of you guys can help other people. And, and those who have the gift of leadership. And those of you guys can speak in unknown languages. The Bible says, go, you just research. He goes, and all, all, are all of us apostles? No. Are all of us prophets? No. Are all of us teachers? No. Do we all have the power to do miracles? Absolutely not. I did do a miracle one time, by the way. Why'd you laugh like that? It was at our other look when we first started at the high school. The projector wouldn't work. I don't know why y'all are laughing already. It wouldn't work. It was broken. It would not work. And they came and got the pastor. And they said, Pastor, oh, holy pastor. <laughs> You're laughing because you're like, this guy ain't holy. He loves Jesus. The Bible used the word holy. The word holy is the word set apart. I want to live a set apart life. He goes, we need help. This projector won't work. So I did what any good pastor would do. I said, hey, put it back together. I mean, I felt like I was Jesus when he did that miracle where he spit in the dirt and he kind of rubbed it together. I was like, put it all back together. You know, I'm like David Blaine and Jesus mixed together. I'm like, you know, I'm rolling up my sleeves and I like, I just prayed over that thing. I was like, in the name of Jesus, help us work. Because, you know, when you're a church plant and you're brand new, and you throw a projection up on the screen. You got people that are coming. They don't know any of the words of the song. I mean, we got screens that are high def, and you still don't know the words of the song. You're like, we got this up there. Like, we don't even. Some of you guys are going, watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. You're just making up words. Some of y'all, like every song, you're like, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, save the rest. You're just making up words. It's okay. Some of you guys are still singing hymns on the inside of your head, which is fine. I was like, in the name of Jesus, Be healed. They set that thing up to turn on. It worked. I'm just saying. I don't know if I have the gift, Nelson, but that happened. That, that really happened. And he says here, um, all these things are, do we have the ability to speak in unknown languages? And you can go and study that in Scripture. There's a, 
there's, there's qualifications and there's rules for this kind of thing. It talks about that in this book, the same exact book, 1 Corinthians. And do we all have the ability to interpret unknown, unknown languages? And that's literally what it means. I, I can't speak in Spanish. I mean, I'm a, you know, my Espanol is muy poquito. You know, and I, sometimes I, I, mean, I got an arsenal of words. I can, I can get by. I know how to order at a restaurant. The most important things, I know how to say please and thanks. Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. You want to do you. You were made for this. You want to live out the gift that you were or called to live out. I can't live out your gift and you can't live out my gift. You want to figure, you need to go home today and figure out what your gift is. And if you are, or come to next steps in a few weeks and we'll send you a core motivators test and we can get you pretty close to it. You need to know, you need to know how you fit in the body. And here's the deal. We've already established this. All of you belong in the body. You, we all have a part to play. They're, they're, we're not going to argue that part of it. Now, what you have to figure out is which part you play in this deal. I'm going to tell you how to figure out the part you play in just a moment. But he says here in this passage of Scripture, he says, hey, earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Earnestly, guys. You know what earnestly means? You know what earnestly means. It's climbing the, the corporate ladder, trying to get that window seat, trying to get the top seat, trying to be the top salesman. That's it. I did a devotion for a company the other day. They're 15 years old, five or six employees. Now they're 50 or 60 employees. And I get to go speak at businesses all the time. And I'm telling them the same thing I'm telling you guys like, hey, you have to do your part. That's everything I, when I, you have to do your part. The quarterback can't be the running back and play defensive and play on the defensive side of the ball. You have to only play your part. These, these business guys, they're earnestly number one sales guy. Number two sales guy. Like, yeah, they play sport. We earnestly go after things, but I want to encourage you to earnestly go after your gift. You were made for this. You were made to go out and live on purpose. You were made to discover your purpose. You need to go out and find it. You were made for this. And here's the deal. Now, I was made for what I'm supposed to do. You were made for what you were supposed to be. And when we all come together, we can do an incredible thing. We can reach this city for Christ. That's why we're doing this. The end game is there's no exit strategy for Diane and I. We got to get people to heaven. That's the, there is no end game. It never ends. Because we're going to get to attorney. We're going to work hard until attorney gets here. If we all play our part, we can do an incredible thing in the city. We're never, one of the things that we commit to, we never want to live off last year's stories. We want to have new stories every year. We've built a testimony in, in four years. We're going to, we got four more years. We're going to put on four more years and four weeks. We need you. The kingdom of, of God needs you. Like, you might go, well, you may not need me. God needs you. I wrote down a couple of things. You were made on purpose. You were made on purpose. We meet with people every single week. And what do we have to convince them of, Diana? Every single week. You were made on purpose. You have a purpose. You were made on purpose. And here's the good news. God made you for a purpose. He purposely made you. And he has a purpose for you. You have a purpose. And here's the thing. It's not coming from West Beach or Diana Beach or any of our, our team, our lead team, our group leaders. Or some of you guys are in small groups all across the city. And it's awesome. And hundreds of adults are in groups. It's incredible. But here's the deal. We don't give you your mission. Then we don't give you your vision. God gives you your mission. And God gives you your vision. Don't take my word for it. God made you on purpose. And he has a purpose for you. The purpose is not to live your life get to the very end, and then die, and then be like, cool, I made it here safely. The goal is for you to live on purpose. 
wherever you're at, for a purpose, on purpose, for a purpose, everywhere I go. So if you can't figure it out, you don't have time to figure it out, it's okay. There's something for you. The Bible says this. Oh, before I say this, some of you guys here today, you're just living for, you're just living for progress. That's all you're living for. What I want to encourage you with, living for progress, it's not worth it. If you live on purpose, there'll be enough progress though. If you live on purpose, I promise you, if you live on purpose, there will be enough progress for you. I don't know about you, but I, I got yesterday and the lady said to me at this event, she goes, she goes, well, pastor, all your people, they're out serving. And I said, they're like, what are you, what are you here for? <laughs> I said, I just like to watch people serve. Because when you're serving, you're being like Jesus. I just came to watch. I said, the gloves, I bought, I bought those gloves. The hamburgers and hot dogs. Condiments, I, that's, I did my part. I, I just the part I was, I was supposed to bring the stuff. The guys are grilling, smoke's all in their eyes. And I was thinking to myself, I'd hate to be at that grill. <laughs> I, love, I love to see people living out their purpose, serving people and helping people. Some of you guys are trying to live for progress. And progress isn't bad, but I promise you, if you live on purpose, there will be enough progress. I have figured out what my purpose in life is. It's to help humanity. Like, that's what it's for. Everywhere I go, today, it was in the drive-thru at Dunkin' Donuts, Jaylen. And Jaylen, honestly, if you met her, Jaylen would be a great children's pastor. A great pastor anywhere, any position. She would do anything. This, she would, be, she would kill it. Jaylen's about 20 years old. She's a team leader at Dunkin' Donuts every single day, works seven days a week. You know who her number one employee is? 50-something years old, chain smoker, her mom. Jalen runs it. I get to the window today. Hey, Jalen, it's Wes. Don't judge me. I'm like, it's Wes. I was made for this. <laughs> she said, oh, I got your order. I said, let me add some donuts to it. I said, are you okay? At the window. I'm having a conversation at the window. She goes, no, I'm not okay. I said, what's wrong? She said, our truck was supposed to be here yesterday. She's almost in tears at the microphone. She got our truck was supposed to be here yesterday. It's not here. So I said, I'll see you in a minute. I pull up there, get up to the window. She's crying. I said, hey, listen, I come to this Dunkin' Donuts because of you. I'm not coming here because, because I come because of the customer service here, and that's you. But I didn't tell her. I used to only go inside. But I got sick of the service inside. She works the drive-thru. I go to the drive-thru now. So I said, hey, you, people are here for you. People are coming for you. I know that people get so mad at me. I say, hey, it's not your fault. God has a plan for life. I'm going to reach her. God's going to reach her, but I'm, I'm allowing him to use me to do it. I'm going every single, I'm, as much as I can go, I'm, I mean, I'm like, I'm trying to find a position to hire Jaylen, you know, for her. She could just kill it. Whatever, she, she's just, if you live on purpose, you, you, you'll have progress. We've told you guys, oh, so the Bible says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that you've seen me do and even greater works because I'm going to be with my father and you can unpack that later. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, do it all the glory of God. Whatever you're doing, bring, all, bring glory to God. Whatever it is that you're doing, whatever you're eating, whatever you're drinking, whatever you're doing, it ought to bring glory to God. Whatever, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you ought to bring glory to God. Are you bringing glory to God wherever you're at, whatever you're doing? The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. We get, so missed, we get so sidetracked because we think we're on earth to make people happy. You will never make everybody happy. If Jesus couldn't do it, neither can you. <laughs> he was perfect. 
The lost people did, weren't okay with them sometimes, and the church people weren't okay with them sometimes. So one of the things that we say at our church is that we have a mission, we have a vision, we have a culture. And the culture statement I'm going to give you, and this is, this, is, this, is the, this is the purpose for your life, is this. Is this is what we say every week. We'll say it at Next Steps, part one, part two. It's this. We aim to please God, and that's it. That's what we got. We can offer you that. People want us to please them all the time. But I know this. It's impossible to please everybody. We can please God. You can please the Lord. You can please the Lord. And that doesn't get on an airplane and go on a missions trip. And You know what will please the Lord for some of you guys? If you, just, if you just dove into this thing. It's funny. We get, we'll have people in our, in our, in our we'll, we can have more people watch our services online than we can have in the building on, on a certain Sunday. They just will. I know it's, it, we have people that are close by, like, man, we could, coming to church is good. It's awesome, and you ought to be here. These guys have a baby who's less than a week old, like, we're coming to church. Like, something's, we're doing something right, or their parents are doing something right. One of the two, like, they're in church six days later. I know people don't come back for six months. Hey, Let's not laugh too much. Six years. <laughs> if you're like, man, six months, those guys are losers. Don't be mad. Like, I know people with some people with six years. Well, we're making it now. Whew. It's been hard. Yeah, we know it's hard. There's something here. God's doing something here. People are discovering their purpose here. But hey, church is great. I'm glad you're here. You should come every week. We're going to encourage you. We're going to inspire you. But you can get encouraged and inspired from home. This, for some of you guys, this is your next step. This would please the Lord for you. If you went out, some of you guys went out and bought a, new, uh, bought a life application Bible, and start reading this week or download the YouVersion Bible app, that would please the Lord. I don't want you to think any, I don't want anybody here to think, man, he's trying to get us to go do more things. He's trying to give us to give more. I'm not trying to get you to give more. Last week we gave more, we gave away more. Like, there's no benefit except for we get to be like, when we give, we're like Jesus. People who know God should help other people who know God. And people who have freedom should help other people find freedom. People who have discovered their purpose, we got to go, Nelson and Jenny, I'm watching them, we're, digging weeds in this flower bed at the Edgewood Children's Ranch. And they lean over to the kid next to him. He goes, what are you going to do with your life? Every kid says at one point, the kid says, I'll be a professional basketball player. So like, he's probably pretty good. I went out and played basketball with him. I'm like, hey, bro. <laughs> I mean, I just want to let you know it's not your purpose in life. I can tell. Like, I'm all about the best is yet to come, but I just don't see that happening for you right now. I didn't see that. One guy was telling Nelson, he said, you know, what I want to do with my life is um, I want to go in the military. That's what I want. I want to go in the military. That's what I'm going to do. He goes, but he goes, did you know this, Mr. Deuce? Mr. Nelson. Mr. Nelson, you know there's some place, like, you can be in the military, but you cannot have bullets flying at you. He goes, I want to have one of the jobs where the bullets aren't flying at you. I'm like, yo, who doesn't want that job? I mean, there's some people who want the bullets flying at them. There's some people who don't. Not everybody's going to be Jocko Willock, you know what I'm saying? Like, just looking for bullets. We got to discover our purpose. It's not about going out and doing things. It's just about knowing more about who God is. Let's please God. Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, do it all for the glory of God. Do it at your work. Never see you ever again. Never ever see you again. You never come back to this church a day in your life. We started this service, by the way. The very first song, we started with three people. The very first song, three people. <laughs> I just laughed like, oh, we got, a, we got a concert with three people. Three people. Brand new family. Been coming for a while. And me and Joy walked in. Four. I lied. Somebody else, right? Cole. Faithful. Faithful. I, it's not about going out and doing more. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Come to church every week. It's going to help you. Give, it's going to help you. Be like Jesus. Serve, it's going to be like Jesus. 
but man, if you can do anything, know more, find more about who God is. Dig into that. Dig into this word this week. I promise you, your purpose will come out. Wherever you're at, if you never come back again, that's what I meant to say earlier, when you never come back again, you can go live on purpose wherever you're at. And maybe the next cold call you make. Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you drink, do it all for God's glory.